Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. Spring has sprung. Yes, I'm so excited. I could wet my plants. I knew that's where you were going. Uh, we've, had, we've had so many great bad dad jokes flying around the house. Yep. I'm, yeah, I'm, I've got more of it. Let's, let's not make the podcast about those today. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the topic, far more exciting than uh, bad dad jokes, uh, taxes. Mm. Yay. We off, yeah. We will often get that question. Uh, as people are getting their taxes done, like, wow, you know, what can I do to lower my taxes? Uh, nobody likes yeah. paying taxes. And I think we both <laughs> saw the same article. So I'm going to test your memory oh. here. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The percentage of tax filers this year, Americans that paid $0 in federal income tax, do you know the percentage? Roughly? It, was something in, it was something in the 50s. Was it 53? It was 57, which, damn, yeah. Gr- granted, Right. There was a lot of stimulus money. There was a lot of tax credits this year, you know, more people filing social security. So maybe that's a thing, but go the other direction. 39% of tax revenues to the government are paid by the top 1%. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'll ask you one more paid (laughs) by the top paid by the top 10% of filers paid by the top 10%. Uh, like, and that has to be like the the eight the the ninety ten rule, right? Nine ninety percent. It's not that high. It's like seventy one oh, or seventy two percent. That's the, yeah. The the point is seventy two percent of the government's tax revenues come from ten percent of the filers. So when wow. we say in a podcast today, let's maybe get into it. I want to lower my mm-hmm. tax bill. We know that this podcast is really probably more dedicated towards the people that feel like they maybe have some discretionary income, right. you know, are actively looking for ways to defer um right so that's that's the types of strategies we should travel probably be focusing on yeah so what you just said right looking for ways to defer the taxes and if there is that discretionary income that excess income that they can have ways to save in other other investment vehicles right is is there we've talked about this a lot in in different iterations but should i be saving in different types of accounts like what is we we use the terminology the pecking order of savings. And that certainly applies from a a tax perspective too. Just should I be saving in this account instead of this account? Should I be saving in my non-retirement account? Should I be saving in my 401k? Whatever that may be. Um, Yeah, different different goals may lead to different outcomes. So specifically looking through the lens of from a taxability standpoint, yeah, we can can talk about what those vehicles are. Yeah, Uh, bingo. Yeah. So then- then that's kind of it. If you got a bonus, maybe you made more than you thought, you had a liquidity event, um, this podcast is dedicated to you, right? Because lower my tax bill is probably not just, well, I don't want the IRS to get it. Um, I mean, part of it. <laughs> well, I'm sure, but you have to have the means then or the ex- excess reserve to feel like you can do that. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, maybe we can hit on it. Maybe it can be the last thing. There certainly are ways to like redirect some of that income. But then you really are giving it away. We're going to be talking about either oh, spending right. it or gifting it. And that's not like 
keeping it for yourself. So right, right. That that might be the longest intro we've ever had. But um, well, we gave there's there's some there's some nuggets in there. I so I I yeah I'll I'll add to it. Right, longest intro Why not? in podcast history. It I think we it's often uh, a mis misconception that there is some sort of like secret weapon or there's some secret sauce <laughs> or there's a silver, there's a silver bullet that I can keep this money, but I can shield it from taxes. And that's really just, that's not the case. So, well, that's, take, that's, that, well, that is doable. It's just illegal. <laughs> it's a great clarification. I'm glad you made that. Yeah, it's 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 the shades of gray in between where it's right, it's right. tweaks here and there that it it is decision their decision points and I think we'll we'll kind of get into that um, where yeah it's you're either you're it's higher expenses if you're a business owner well now I'm giving stuff away but yeah it's, it's that's fine yeah well let's just let's just start from the top so the going back to the the savings side of things there's ways to be proactive um yeah with your with your tax planning right and we kind of talked about a little bit of this it, if you're if you work for a, a large enough employer you have a 401k plan clearly putting money pre-tax into some sort of retirement plan 401k 403b whatever that may look like that's all pre-tax money you essentially get the deduction on your tax return for anything that you would put in there and that immediately lowers your tax bill because your taxable income is right. now lower so then I'm glad you I'm glad you started there because the key to me is being proactive. And when we think as planners and I go back to like, who are we really talking to in this podcast? Maybe you get bonuses, maybe it's variable comp, maybe you know you have a liquidity event. It takes some planning ahead to go, how can I maximize this tax savings? Because unlike some other ways we'll talk about, getting money into that 401k or yeah. through payroll deductions 403b. That's not happening lump sum at the end of the year, or right. it's certainly not happening next March when you're trying to retroactively save for the prior year. Like you have yeah. to be proactive. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that because yes, that is especially when it comes to those employer plans. Yeah, you're you're limited in your flexibility to get money in them in in within certain timeframes. So yeah, even even just thinking from from that standpoint of you have the calendar year to contribute yep. to those accounts. Um, unlike say an IRA, you can contribute to your IRA up until the tax deadline and be able to make that a, a retroactive contribution. So in this instance, if you go to file your taxes in a couple of weeks, you can still make a contribution for your 2021 tax return, even though it's gonna be April of 2022 here. Um, but not all yeah. accounts give you that level of flexibility. Yeah, so there, this is the important distinction. There's ways to do this proactively. There's a couple ways to do it reactively, but focusing yeah. on being proactive. The only thing I might mention is if you are a higher income earner, you have to check to see if you have like a deferred comp available to you. Cause there's a really nice clean way for you to, I mean, think about the, just those words. I am yeah. choosing to defer taking these paychecks until a different point in time. And just by doing that, it's not showing up as income in the given year, right? right? So if you have that available to you, let's talk about it. Yeah, well, and I'll, I'll add one little note there too. So unlike a 401k or a 403b where you can, you can potentially adjust your contributions throughout the year, right? Um, deferred comp is, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but that is something you, you basically have to set 
at the end of the prior year, what you want to contribute to that, what's going to come out of your, your paychecks. And then I think that's kind of set in stone for that next calendar year. The flexibility is, is, is not, uh, there's not a lot of flexibility in that, in that uh, system. Yeah. Admittedly, the only ones that I know based on the clients that we have work that way. So if there are other ways, I haven't been introduced. That's fair. Right. Right. But yeah, those, those, Things through the employer like that really are the things you have to be proactive for. So key takeaway here is if you know you're kind of in that phase of life where, you know, there could be bonuses or I'm higher on the pay scale, like mm-hmm. there is absolutely good that comes out of trying to be thoughtful about what my tax is going to look like so I can make yep. other decisions at the beginning of the year. But you did touch on there are a couple reactive ways to do that. Yeah, IRA is one of them if you qualify qualify yeah right um oh you want me to take 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 that and run with it great <laughs> so yes it's, it's the ira so one you said it right you have to be eligible to deduct there's rules if you're if you're covered by an employer plan if you have a 401k or a 403b then those if you earn over a certain amount you can't deduct those contributions so yeah, it, yeah, it can yeah. it can get messy pretty quickly but all of that being said i think one of the often missed sides of things is the spousal IRA contribution, Ooh. right? So, so even if there's only a, you know a, a one income earner, the spouse doesn't earn income, or or just how, however that all works out. Yeah, perfect example. Yeah, you still have a, a one spouse working, but the other is retired. Theoretically, you could still contribute to an IRA on behalf of that spouse, even if they don't have the earned income, which is often the trigger for being able to contribute to a retirement account. Right. Um, but that's that's a way to again, still get a tax deduction that is often, often missed. I love to throw the health savings account in here too. I mean, that's it a great wouldn't one. be a typical podcast of ours if we didn't talk about <laughs> our love for the HSA. Um, that's right. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's another way to lower income in a way that we really think in the future, right? If you have the ability, right? There's, there's rules on that too. But if you have the ability to get money in, at some point, you're going to need to cover a healthcare deductible. It'll be a health event. That's going to happen. You know, so, yep. so doing it that way and getting the deduction now is kind of cool. Yeah. Yes. And for any, any business owners out there, if you're, if you're self-employed or you're a, a small enough business, you always have the ability to add to your SEP IRA. And I should, should say the SEP IRA has different limits in terms of what you can contribute, right? It's, it's, it's based off of your, essentially your, your net earnings or your net income from that business. Yeah. Um, but all, all of these things that we just talked about, right? IRA, spousal IRAs, SEP IRAs, the HSAs, those are all things that you're able to do, as you said, it reactively, essentially up until the tax deadline for last year's taxes. So that, there I guess go. that's a, that's a key point we want to, we want to hit on that. You don't necessarily have to do that in the calendar. You, you have that flexibility to see how your taxes shake out. And then yep. you can still make those adjustments to lower that tax bill. I don't know. Can you think of any other savings vehicles that we didn't hit? You know, whether it's proactive or reactive. I don't think so. Yeah, nothing's coming to mind. I guess the then the next thing we could probably talk about is like how it, how income is generated on your yeah. return because we were kind of talking about earned income here, employer plans, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Certainly mm-hmm. in investments, depending on if you have them outside of those retirement accounts, yep. that can drive your taxable income higher. And there's 
maybe ways we can talk about reducing that taxation too. Yeah. Yeah. I know we've talked about this and again, just different, different aspects of different podcasts, but if, and it's, it's funny, it's the, the people that are affected by, by this in particular usually have been either really good savers, right? We've, yeah. we've maybe already kind of filled the retirement accounts in any given year, but there is still that, that excess discretionary income that we don't just want it accumulating at the bank. Um, and you start a non-retirement investment account. Um, and that's a, that's a great thing. At a certain point, some of the, the recent situations that we've seen is those accounts have grown and grown over time. And depending on what you're invested in, it may be kicking off taxable income that you can't yeah. control <laughs> to a certain extent. Yep. And the other side of that is it's, it's like the snowball kind of rolling, rolling down the mountain. If you're invested in mutual funds, as the example, they're kind of the, the biggest culprit when it comes to taxable income, capital gains distributions at any point during the year that are somewhat out of the control of the investor. Um, the larger those accounts get, the larger the taxable income gets. And again, assuming you've bought the same fund, you still own the same funds that you bought 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, you now have embedded capital gains that would be painful oh, to, try to, to try to unwind as well. Um, so you kind of back yourself into a corner from a tax standpoint. Now, all of that being said, our <laughs> role would try to be, for anybody starting an account or having, having an account like that, being mindful of, of the tax impacts from the investment standpoint. So there are more tax efficient investment vehicles. It's individual stocks, which again, I, we should clarify, we're not necessarily huge fans of that because that increases potentially some, some risk from you know, single stock. You don't want necessarily that to be right. a, a huge portion of your, your allocation. That's just fundamentally what we believe. Our but ETF, yeah, yeah e ETFs are a great way to still get broad exposure but by their nature, the, their structure themselves, they can act a lot like a mutual fund, but they aren't, they aren't hindered by the, the taxable income, those capital gains right, distributions. Right. Again, it all has to do with the ETF, the exchange-traded fund structure that allows them to be extremely tax efficient from a, a taxable income standpoint. Yeah, you hit on everything that was going through my head there. And <laughs> I, I guess... Wrapping that in the theme of the, the podcast here, that's being proactive with your asset allocation, or that's being proactive throughout the year to kind of think about what are the capital gains that are coming. I'm thinking of client situations where we'll try to get those estimates from all the different fund companies right, to say, right. this, this fund is anticipating paying a huge capital gain at the end of the year. Do we want to do something about that before that happens? There, there yeah. are advisor tasks that we have to try to help this, in this case, it wouldn't be lower the tax bill retroactively. Right. It would be to try to skirt some of that potential income taxation before it happens. Right. Yes. Yeah. Which segue, um, mm -hmm. we talk about doing that with certain IRA dollars too. Oh, now, yeah. maybe, maybe this is a part of a different podcast where we can get into mm -hmm. like the nitty gritty details of charitable giving. But yeah it's not uncommon at the beginning of the year here for us to put out notices to clients that if you are in the required distribution age and actually maybe a little bit before the old rule, 70 and a half. Yeah. Yep. Don't want to get too deep into the weeds. <laughs> instead, instead of having to take these distributions and pay income taxes on that, you can gift directly from your IRA to a charity. And in that strategy, you really are avoiding the income taxes on that gift. 
right? So right. in a way you're saving yourself those income taxes and we're, we're a big fan of that. Oh, absolutely. Yes. If, if just again, in, in that scenario where you have to take that RMD, just use a round number. So you have to take $10,000, $10,000 out of your IRA. That's going to show up on your tax return as taxable income. And the point is, once you hit that RMD age, you're required to take that you out. You have to hence take the, it, yes. Hence, hence the name, uh, because the IRS is saying, you've avoided paying income taxes on these savings up to this point. Now's the time to pay the fiddler. Um, so the great way <laughs> to avoid that, if you don't need, right, if you don't need that $10,000 or need all of that to meet your needs, and you're also charitably inclined, well, then a great way to take a portion of that or all of it send it directly to a charity. And by the way, now that in that circumstance, I guess, let me give the example, $10,000 RMD, you take 5,000 of that, you send it directly to a charity. What shows up on your income tax return is now just that difference. That $5,000 that you received is what shows up on your tax return as taxable income. Yeah. So if you're in the, let's call it 20% tax bracket, yeah. you just saved yourself a thousand dollars of income taxes, right? Boom. 20% of five. So yeah. now, now again, if we're talking to higher income earners who have to take a $50,000 RMD, a $100,000 RMD, yeah. but yeah. They're, they're used to gifting $30,000, $40,000 a year, you saved yourself significant tax dollars by doing this. So absolutely. once again, here's the theme. You really got to be proactive with that because there are very strict rules on making sure your gifting to charity from your IRA happens before you receive any other dollars. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, to be proactive. Yeah, there's a theme that just popped into my head. It's it's location, location, location. And I know that's always been the, the saying for real estate, but when it comes to investing, where where you're invested, where you gift from, the location of that matters too. I like it. Um, I don't know. I had two other random thoughts and maybe we can wrap this up. Um, okay. I got the question like a week ago. I know there's tax credits out there. Like if you really are all about lowering your tax bill and you want to get mm -hmm. into like solar panels, like oh. you can get reimbursed for some of that through tax credits. You know, business owners have a lot of different options on maybe reducing their income, um, either yeah. through expenses or employer plans, employer benefits, things of that nature. Yeah, I, we kind of hit, I kind of touched on that earlier, but that that is a great one, especially as you get towards the end of the year, right? For as a business owner and, and you have a better idea of what's, what's the total income going to look like. Yeah. And maybe you can pull some future expenses into the current tax year. Um, yep. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great way. Again, it, it, it seems very simple and straightforward, but it's, it's just part of being proactive, being thoughtful about ways to again, lower, lower that tax bill moving forward. Because as you said, at some point you have to pay the fiddler. Yeah, you never heard that I, term, pay the fiddler. That's uh, like I can't just piper. be out here. I can't be out here fiddling for free. <laughs> pay the piper. Nobody wants to pay the piper. Is at least well, he, maybe nobody wants to pay fiddlers or pipers. I don't know. <laughs> Musicians in general are underpaid <laughs> professionals. I think is what we're learning historically. <laughs> well said. So, <laughs> great way to wrap it up. Lowering taxes, I know that's kind of like a theme for everybody. Hopefully you got what we have to say here. There's many different ways to do it, but it, it probably requires you being a little more proactive, which is not very helpful for you filing your taxes next week. Um, <laughs> but that maybe it gives you a good reason to start talking about it now for next year. 
perfect. I agree. Yes. You, if, if it's too late to save for this year, for this year's taxes, yes. Hopefully that's the motivation to be a, a little bit more proactive. And if you have questions, certainly lean on us. We can, uh, we can strategize with you. Sounds great. Thanks, All right. sir. Have a good Bye. one. You too. Hey everyone, Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.